This is the Sell My Business in 10 Weeks.com podcast with Trevor Monaghan and Clive Jones. In this series, we will make fun of each other and share some of our self proclaimed wisdom about understanding what your business is worth now, how to make it worth more, and how to get it ready for sale. Welcome back to the Sell My Business in 10 Weeks.com podcast. I'm Trevor Monaghan. I'm a chartered accountant and I own an accounting firm called Climax Business Strategies. And with me is. I'm Clive Jones. I'm a business coach with Action Coach. Okay, so if you haven't, if this is the first podcast you've listened to, you might want to go back to uh, listen to a couple of first ones where we talk in depth about you know, why we started this podcast and what kind of things we're going to cover. We've talked about business valuations, we've talked briefly about systems, but. Um, you know, just briefly here, why do we exist? We exist because we're both sick to death of people getting to the point where they're ready to hand the keys into the business. Uh, you know, they want to sell it. Often it's someone's superannuation. They're ready to cash in uh, and they don't know what to do. So what they usually do, in my experience, is they go and talk to a broker who lists the business. And when that's the first place you've started, it's it's probably not going to end well. There's a whole process before that. That's where the name comes from, Sell My Business in 10 Weeks. Dot com. It's not actually about physically selling your business in 10 weeks, although that's possible. It's about what is your 10-week process to get your business ready for sale. Does that sound fair? Yeah, the viewpoint that I come from with the whole thing is um, is planning whatever your destiny is with your business to, to make sure that you're ready for when you want to uh, contemplate getting out. So I'll just quickly mention a first bit of housekeeping. So if you join um, on our website, sellmybusinessin10weeks.com, You'll get some notifications whenever we release something. Um, you'll get my free business valuation report, which is a, usually a paid one that you can have a look at the um, how I do a report. I'm just going to blank out the names. Uh, and you'll also get Clive's nine clues to turbocharging your business systematically. What's that, Clive? Which we are going to share a little bit more of uh, with you today. Okay, so and there's also some special offers we might put through that, that mailing list at some point. So it doesn't hurt to be on the list. It doesn't cost you anything. So... In the last episode, we talked a little bit about systems, and I reluctantly went um, into the conversation on systems because I'm a bit of a creative person, and to be honest, I don't like the feeling of getting bogged down in things that are boring, like systems. And I think they're not boring, Trevor. Well, maybe it's just me. But what we tried to uncover was why are systems important in the concept of you know in the context of selling your business and. You know, we've talked in earlier episodes about, you know, there's two variables in the salary business. It's, you know, it's your profitability and it's your risk. And there's nothing you can do to uh, improve someone else's perception of your business than show them systems, you know, to show them that it doesn't require an individual or, you know, a luck to make the business work. Can I just ask you, Trevor, what you think systems are? How are they represented? Okay, so for me... Because everything's about the money, it's like the system for me is taking an idea and turning it into money in a recurring nature. And the systems is everything in between. So a system could be a piece of paper, systems could be you know a checklist procedure, but it's not actually those bits of paper. It's it's really the process that your business goes through in a systemized or you know in a in a recurring manner to turn whether it's one idea or multiple ideas into money. You know so. And that, that's, that's the thing that I like to, you know, take it all back to. Show me the money. I don't like um, people spending time on things that aren't going to improve the business or make more money. Is that, yeah, the, is that a, the answer you wanted? That's a fair summary. I think um, 
Yeah, people typically think of systems as being the procedures manual sitting on the shelf gathering dust. Um, and that doesn't, that may have been the case in, in the past, yeah, few decades. However, uh, going forward now, we've got so many different varieties of technology that we can uh, use to compile our systems to make them more useful and uh, hands-on, user-friendly, that um, it can actually be quite a useful tool. Uh, and uh, a live tool that every team member can make use of. Yeah. So to put it in context, this podcast is all for people either selling their business um, or buying a business in the future. So this is pretty much an educational program. If you're ever going to sell a business or ever going to buy a business, then some of the stuff we talk about is going to be extremely relevant, or hopefully all of the stuff. <laughs> It'd be a shame if the stuff we're talking about isn't relevant. Um, and so this is where you've got to think of the context. So I think Clive's going to go through today um, some of the material in his free report that we already talked about where he's going to basically show nine different um, you know, steps in creating good systems. And you've got to think of this in context of it's not for the sake of having a system, it's for the sake of if you're selling your business so you, know, you can convince a potential buyer that there's, there is less risk in the business continuing to make money. And I guess if you're looking at buying a business, um, then you need to be looking for these types of things in the businesses you're buying. Otherwise, um, you've got much less certainty around the current operations of the business and whether they're going to continue post purchase. At the end of the day, Trevor, it's all about ease of transition of the process. So you know whether whether it's buying, selling the business, or even taking on new employees. Let's say one of your key employees leaves your business now, and you're not ready to sell it yet. Um, you've got to take somebody else in and train them up from scratch and fit them into however everything happens in your business right now. So much easier and so much less downtime if you have the system in place that uh, explains how they go about their job. So any any buyer that's looking to get into your business is going to look at that and think, wow, it's set up ready for me just to step into. Yeah, and we talked in the previous episodes about how businesses are valued and we talked about something called financial arbitrage which basically means that you're looking for a particular buyer who's got a strategic reason to buy you. And when you're looking for that kind of stuff, they're potentially just going to plug you into their existing business. So if you can show them with great transparency how your business currently operates in their due diligence phase, they can quite easily see how you'll just plug into them. And that's, you know, from what we sh- what we showed you in the in the business valuations, you know, podcast a couple of podcasts ago, you know, if you can get that strategic buyer, you are multiplying your purchase price potentially five, ten, even 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 more times, because you're worth much more to them than you are to yourself. But you have to be able to prove these things. That's where the systems come in. So, what I think what Clyde's going to go through today is, is these nine clues to turbocharging your business. Um, we're just going to run over the basically a summary for each of them, uh, and I think in future podcasts we're going to go deep, sort of one clue per podcast. But for this one, we're just looking at a top top end. You know, summary, and and I'm going to be devil's advocate. I'm going to be sitting here like the person, um, you know, that's listening to this podcast that doesn't know much about systems, doesn't, you know, they're not an accountant, they're not a business coach, and I'm going to try to uh, make sure that Clive's keeping it relevant so that if you're getting your business ready for sale, then all this kind of stuff means a lot to you. Does that sound fair? Sounds good. And I know you will, Trevor, so it's good. So shall I get into it? Get into it. All right, so the, the first clue that... Um is always a bit of an eye-opener for uh, everybody that I work with, is, you know, do I have to do it all myself? Well, yeah, they're thinking they do initially, but then uh, when I explain, that if you if you get the team involved, 
the people that are actually performing the function right now uh, are typically the best ones to actually help you compile those systems. So uh, involve, you know, first tip, first clue is to involve your whole team. Okay, so we're not looking for, um, you know, and I guess in, especially in small and medium-sized businesses, there's a there's a great tendency for uh, the owner of the business to feel like he's got to do everything to. And sometimes that's um, an ego thing, which they, is fine. They do feel like they're the only ones that can do it. Yeah, and, and sometimes it's it's a self-preservation thing. They don't want to have others think that they don't know everything. So it's not it's not necessarily about them thinking they're the best to do it. They're just thinking, if I don't do it, then what are people going to think about me? Um, and you just got to come back and, and look at some really good examples of successful companies like your Googles and you know, even to some extent, your listed businesses like Telstra and BHP, does the CEO or anyone on the board actually do anything other than, you know, provide direction, really? And the answer the answer is probably not, yeah, no, not a lot. That's correct. Um, but they provide that strategic direction. So I, I guess what you're saying there, Clive, is it, it's your leadership saying we need systems and it's your leadership saying I'm involving the team in creating this system. So um, say I'm a manufacturing business, I've got um, maybe four or five administration people that do things from bookkeeping through to billing and um, you know housekeeping type stuff and then I've got people on the manufacturing floor um, and then I've got people sort of on the road, sales guys. So are you saying to involve all those people or just some Look, of the key the people? The key, key ones, but you need to make sure that everybody is not um, feeling that they're left out. If you, As soon as you involve certain members of your team, you need to explain what you're doing with the rest of them, the fact that perhaps later in the process that you're going to involve them to, to test things out. Okay, so okay. in a business where you where you might have the luxury of having a few staff, maybe 20 plus staff, um, you might form um, a bit of a, a mastermind team. or a, a committee. Even committee is a very inefficient word, but you know, a group of people that are going to actually help you drive this thing. Um, and then what you might delegate, some of the actual you know, procedure writing or anything yep. down to you know, the guy that's, that's physically standing on the lathe day in day out he might actually have a contribution towards you know an efficient process of he might yeah that's correct okay yeah. might yeah not necessarily so you got to pick the right people um clue two okay is um once you've got your team involved you need to identify the areas to systemize now this is part of uh, getting the team involved because you need to look at your organization chart if you have one and um identify all different areas of your business to uh, that, that will need systemizing. So you could have a, a head of each area um, responsible for systemizing their, the processes that go through their area. So the, the idea is, is you know, have an organization chart to start with. Um, and it probably has to, when I do organization charts, I generally do two types. There's, there's sort of the people organization chart, which would have sort of CEO at the top, then and filter down to, to all your managers and, and staff members. And then you'd have sort of the systems organization chart or the operational chart. The operational chart. Whatever yeah. you want to call it, there's a million names for it. And that would, I did one the other day, uh, I was just playing around with the iPad and I found a great app called um, iThoughts HD. And what that is, it's a really good uh, mind mapping. It is, um, I use that, thing. yeah. Oh, you do? And there's, there, there's some free versions online and stuff, I think. Um, Free mind or something like that. Just, if, just search if you want to just Doesn't have matter. a look at one. But mind mapping is a great tool for um, 
but what you can do is you basically start with the core of the business then you start branching off different divisions and different functions and and things within that and and i did that with my own business and i've identified straight away in doing that i've identified a couple of um positions i'm going to make vacant who are going to look after areas of the business which i at the moment weren't being looked after i didn't really know that until i actually branched out and saw all the different components of you know how my business should run obviously systems employing that person you know they'd need a system to implement as part of the job that's correct yeah so which which sort of flows in i think you almost stole the thunder there on clue three trevor as you do um <laughs> we, we need to identify the the processes within each area that need systemizing okay. so uh again this this coming back to involving the team the best best people are, are the teams in each of those areas so um, is, is the, the goal leaders in the area to uh to um, list out all of the different things that might need mapping out at some stage. So is you know is the end goal of that so that we can have sort of a dot you know a dot by dot um, procedure sort of checklist for every role or at least every function. Yep. Is that is that the goal there? So we're lo- really so looking... that nothing gets missed. Okay, so we're looking you know you know is the ultimate the holy grail is that everything that gets done during a day gets done because it's part of the system or is that a little bit too rigid? Uh, yeah, it's a good point, Trevor. The, the rigidity is not good. Um, you need to allow your team to be creative um, and stretch the limits, but this is a, a fallback tool to ensure that the important things get done and um, that there's no assumptions that one person's doing something and the other person thinks the other person's doing it and yep. you know, things fall through the cracks. So we just need to make sure that... Uh, Everything's crossed off, and some systems can be as simple as a checklist to make sure everything's done. Some things need a, a bit of a roadmap to show you how to do it. Um, so each 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 thing needs consideration. And I think if you bring it back to like how I like to look at these things, if I put myself in the shoes of someone buying a business, so I'm acting as an accountant or a business valuer, looking at buying a particular business. I'm not going to go and look, you know, does this business have a procedure manual? Yes, check, well, that's important. You know, do they have job descriptions? Check. And then I'm going to be looking only in detail at things that are going to affect the assertions made by the, the seller. So if they're saying, you know, if they're talking about their great conversion rate, if they're talking about um, their lead generation ability, if they're talking about their productivity, then I'll be looking at those particular assertions and seeing how a system backs up that so that... I'm, I'm not just relying that, I'm not just hoping that those things went well. Just, just because of the people yeah, there. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to be wondering whether it was just because there was a really good owner, previous owner that was, that was running those things. I'm going to say, well, that's great. Show me the proof that you know, sales have increased or your conversion rate's improving or, or whatever. But then I'm going to say, well, you know, once I've checked that, that I, the numbers are right, then I'm going to go back and go, well, how did the numbers come about? Was it by chance? Was yep. it by effort of an individual or was it the system? So I guess to put in context, think about all the selling points you know, if you and you know, there is a, a product we'll be pitching later on where we'll actually help you put together a pitch document for your business. But if you think in advance, and what are the some of the things that you'll be putting out there? Is you know, if you're advertising your business or showing it to someone that might be interested, what are the things actually selling it to them? What are what what are, why is someone buying your business? And it's not just the profitability. What are the what are the key things inside your businesses inside your business that has that have value? And then think about how do I systemize those things so there's no chance that those things aren't going to continue post-sale and that's where you're going to get the most value in the sale if you can prove that to the valuer. Now if it can work without 
yeah, everything being in your head, then yeah. it's it's going to be a lot more. Attractive so we, you know, we'd start big picture, get some overall bare bone systems, I guess, and then we'd start mm-hmm. working on the ones that are going to make the most difference. Especially, especially, yeah. I guess, if you've got, you know, if you do have ten weeks to you want to list the business or whatever, if you if you are confining confining yourself to that kind of time and space, you're, you're not, not going to get it all done in ten weeks. No, you might get you might get the bare bones done, and you might get four or five mm-hmm. key systems. You know, procedures, checklists in place. That's it, yeah. And clue four is, is all about picking the right ones to start with. Okay, so once you've listed out all the different areas and what, you know, the different processes there are in each area, where are the ones which are perhaps mission critical to start with? You know, the ones that really must work right first time every time and um, make sure that they're covered off properly. So I guess, as you'd probably do with your coaching clients, Clive, you'd, you'd look at the business and go, what are all the... The critical items that if, if something went wrong the whole business ceases to exist yeah as we know it and we know so there's a lot of things in the business that aren't that important but there's some that are really important that's and i correct. guess so you're saying you know what what in a, you know give me an example what mission critical things are there in, in you know typical business again let's use the manufacturing business for an example and it's got 20, well, 20 to 50 staff. What are, what are some things there's, that can... There's, there's the quality control aspects if you start sending certainly. out shonky work you know what's what system do you have in place to ensure that the the product is finished to the uh, design. Yeah. Um, so you've got to have some sort of quality control system in place to make sure that uh, the work is checked. Yeah. And probably you know health and safety. Health and safety is another one, and and then the service delivery. Yeah. You know, time. Uh, time of delivery. All those yeah, okay. sort of different things. So. Uh, so you look at all those the key yeah. things that could either. Um, you know, could lose you a big customer effectively, especially if you're the type of business you're selling. Because you got to, again, come back to what you're selling. If you're selling the benefit of all this recurring income you've got because you've got long-term contracts with your customers, for example. So you might be a manufacturing company that manufactures parts of the iPad, for example. Um, obviously, Apple's going to be a fairly big customer of yours um, if the iPad's the only thing you do. So anything to do with relationship with Apple for that business is mission critical. It is. So mm-hmm. take that back to a, just a general manufacturing business making, you know, making um, some kind of spare part for a machine. You know, think about who your big customers are and making sure that um, there's systems in place to make sure you keep those customers forever. So, so as I say that, Clive, so we're talking there, if that was the goal was to keep customers, quality control and keeping customers, would that system also probably include some kind of customer relationship it could be some feedback. Yeah. Yeah. You know, keeping close to the client systems to make sure that you're building that relationship all the time. Okay. So even quality control is not about the actual product being shipped. It's mm. it's all the way through to relationship. All the way through the relationship, yeah. Okay. And measurement. So what's cl- yeah. what's clue number five? So clue number five, just um, before I move on to, on to clue five, in, in clue four, there are other areas that you need to sort of consider. You know, there's, there's, there's a mission critical... Um, facet there are also okay so what areas are not working very well here at the moment okay mark flag those as such um, flag areas that don't have any system at all there's there's a number of different ways that you can uh, choose to prioritize yep. the appropriate things to start on first which ones could be done very easily and simply and just put to bed okay. without so, too much work so for a manufacturing business you know you might have your system for your quality control, but you might not yet have a system for uh, purchase orders of your mm. raw materials. Yeah, there might you know Billy who sits in the office magically just always gets the right amount of stock 
of raw materials, we hope, and he just always has. Just because he's there, he's always looking around and he's keeping yeah. his eye open and he knows what's going on. But if Billy leaves... Yeah, so we're looking at those things that haven't necessarily caused a problem before, but we need to look really deep and, and, and think, you know, worst case scenario. So would a, would a good exercise be, you know, pretending that each employee wasn't there anymore? So That's basically, right. you know, sacking every employee in your mind and going, what would that affect? Mm-hmm. You know, potentially even. I guess a lot of things get found out when um, by business owners that, that um, send people on forced leave. Yep. Because, you know, yeah. we've all seen... We've all heard stories about you know people that haven't had a holiday for four to five years, and um, it's actually a lot of fraud gets found out that way. Mm. People don't have holidays because they constantly follow covering their backside. <laughs> covering their backside, yeah. so you know it's about identifying those things. I guess that don't don't hit you in the face because yeah. they haven't become a problem yet. But trying to preempt right. those problems. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, then moving on. Once you've identified what to work on, you need to identify and record the stakeholders for each process. So, you know, you do, you know, like Trevor was saying, you know, if you do this all on a mind map, it's quite easy to uh, to label each process in the same way with, you know, who's who's responsible for that process, who are the, uh, yeah, and there's, there's stakeholders at different levels. There's the person that actually does it, there's the person before that process, and there's the person following on from that process, and they're all affected in different ways by that particular stage of the process. So okay, so where, we, we're talking about you know stakeholders. At what point do you engage an expert? So if I, again, I'm in this manufacturing business. Am I engaging a manufacturing expert um, to help oversee the whole process? Am I engaging someone just to, to, you know, if I've got a HR component of this system, do I engage a HR person an external HR person to help me build that system or that part of the system for the HR component. You know what? For for people out there that I know, there's a lot of people that have had never really put any any time or money into systems, and this might be their first time, and it's critical to them now because they're about to I sell the business. I Where do they start, Trevor? I, I don't know necessarily. This critical to engage an expert in each particular field. Um, I think you you need somebody that's um, built some systems before that can actually help pull it together because they know. The, the ropes, you know, if you, if you take, for example, your manufacturing company, how many of those people are, um, yeah, computer computer literate enough to actually pull a, a decent document together or, uh, yeah, talking about the different ways of doing it, you know, edit a video that um, could equally explain the process. So um, I think it's more important to have somebody that knows how to efficiently pull it together that... Um, can actually ask you because you 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 in your business have the expertise we would think to uh, know how to do the job so really is 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 much of sort of extracting that information and, and pulling it down into some sort of document so that somebody else can understand at a later stage okay so somewhere in that you probably need someone external um, is it I'm not trying to plug services or anything, but is it is it a business coach's role or are there, are there people out there that just do systems? Should you go just go and buy an off-the-shelf package that yeah, look, you can fill in the blanks? a range of different ways. Certainly I can help as a business coach. Um, you know, I, I equally have a, a service that can provide the labour to actually pull it together for you because uh, a, a lot of this you're not going to want to pay a business coach to just say, um, go and build a system for that particular area of your business. Yeah. Um, 
you know, whilst, whilst the coach will sort of guide you as to how to do it. Sometimes people are uh, so busy you know, doing the doing in their business they don't have time to step aside to do this. So that's where you uh, bring in a consultant that's um, got uh, the schools on the board to, to be able to do this for you. Okay. So um, there is software. You know, we'll, we'll talk about all the different tools to make life easier in another discussion, I think, Trevor, because there's so many different ways to make this easy. But a stakeholder could also be uh, a supplier, a customer. Could be. You could. You don't. Don't. Don't think like mm. you can't include them. That's right. You can certainly get good feedback from them, and yeah. Especially when you're looking at the quality control and the customer service side of things. That's right. Obviously, yeah. getting feedback from them would be ideal before you actually start creating the system. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. That's clue number six. So number six is to actually map it out. So how does it work? You know, the flow chart. It like I just mentioned, you could. Uh, film it on a on a video sometimes a picture paints a thousand words so uh it's a whole lot easier to video a short video than put a work out a whole flow chart process so uh, yeah could could be as simple as a checklist yeah these are all the things that you need to do when you're locking up the the shop at the end of the day um a range of different tools that you would use just to uh to map it out and say from beginning to end, this is what happens in this process. Yeah, and I guess this is the point where just, you know, if you're listening to this, just stop and think, like, in reality, how you know, you might think either you've got no systems or you've got lots of systems, either way. Um, do you think that you've got adequate systems to at least keep your business running as it is now? Now, to be honest, if I was to come in and be critical of your business as a valuer for the purchaser, Right now, am I going to laugh at your systems? Am I, you know, is stuff happening in your business only because someone knows how to do it? Is that the only reason? If I turned over all your staff tomorrow and brought a whole new team in, you know, are, there, are there things that are going to just not get done anymore or get done wrong? And that's just and, and don't feel like you're inadequate in that question because uh, just about every client I go into is inadequate, deficient in their systems in the business. They're successful businesses. Every single one of them says, I know I could be doing better. I'm flying by the seat of my pants in this area. I need to address those. Sort of yeah, areas. and I'm no different. When I, when I did my mind mapping, I reckon I identified at least 20 or 30 systems that were, you know, mm. mission critical for me. Yeah. You know, I've got some systems. You know, I'd, I'd have, you know, I've got a procedures manual, everything that I do around my production side. So my, my, if I'm doing consulting work or accounting work, that's, there's all checklists and procedures of credit for those things. But... There's little in the way of sort of the lead generation and marketing through to conversions and, and sort of even back office billing and that kind of stuff. There's no actual systems. I know how to do it. Mm-hmm. And any of my team know how to do it, but um, it's only because they know. Yeah, yeah so, it's a good question. What yeah, what do your salespeople do out there on the road while you're uh, sitting in the, uh, the the business there thinking they're uh, out there? What yeah. systems are they following? What, what, you know, there's a whole, there's a whole other conversation in this, but, you know, what does... What a salesperson thinks is productive for him to be doing is not necessarily what you would think is productive for him to be doing. You know, for example, he might think that, you know, shuffling some paper and doing some notes is productive where you might think the only productive thing is, you know, literally knocking on doors or or making, you know, prospecting phone calls. Building those relationships. Building relationships, you know, that kind of stuff. So I guess part of this is, is... you know, it's a training pro, you know, mm. training process so that as you develop the system and start, you know, um, sharing it with others, if they haven't had involvement in creating it, then 
it's an opportunity to to train, opportunity to improve what they're doing. So, yeah. God forbid you don't end up selling the business. You have good systems in place that have been um, put in place the right way. You're going to make more money, regardless. That's it. Now, like I said, you know, every, every business I go into, I'll, I'll do a review, I'll do an audit, yeah, across 21 different areas in the business, pinpointing a, a range of well, all, all areas that I feel and I know that need. Uh, some kind of systemising around them to make sure that they're done on a reliable and regular basis, and uh, yeah, just just in a sub- subjective fashion where people just rate themselves and they uh, uh, they're honest to get the best value out of the the audit. They they say, well, give me two out of ten on that because I know I need to sharpen up on that area, and and we just go through all of those areas, and so so many businesses are really deficient in. Yeah, and yeah, lots of things. Are. But the thing is, you you can, you know, we can double or two. Mm. That's great. What a great upside. If they say to eight for everything, well, there's not much room to move. So the business isn't going to ever be worth much more than it is now. But, oh, you know, definitely. if we, if you know, if I come across a profitable business and they would, you know, I did the same thing, they'd rank themselves sort of twos and threes out of ten in all the critical areas. Yeah. I just think, my God, yeah, what what an opportunity for everyone here. Yeah. To I mean, if, if I'm looking at a business to buy, I'll be looking at something that's uh, surviving despite itself. Mm. Um, but if you're in that business, you you want to be giving yourself the upside and making sure you're, yeah, you're surviving and thriving, mm. um, because you've got all things in place. Because um, yeah, that way you're going to maximise the return. Yeah, and so it's an important point. If you're a purchaser, you you like to see things that are um, on their way to something big, not big there, not big yet, because then you can obviously pick them up a bit cheaper. Um, because the buyer, the seller won't want too much because it isn't actually making big bucks yet. But you, you still want to see some systems in place to show you that um, this thing is, you know, has got the least risk possible because you don't want to be speculating every purchase. You know, if you're out there a professional business buyer, you, you're not a speculator. You you make all your transactions in a very considered way based on all these, these fundamental things and, and, and the risk is... So there's a black and white decision, there's no emotion in it. Yeah. So what's the next clue? Clue number uh, seven. Kiss, Trevor. Give me a kiss. Uh, right. Keep it simple, Stu. Yeah, yeah. right, your so business coach is a bit funny. <laughs> <laughs> so well, if you're joking, at least, have, at least have an inflection at the end of your, you know, if it's sarcastic. <laughs> literally, <laughs> what you need to do is, for somebody to understand the system, you've got to, got to keep it simple. You know, don't overcomplicate it. Um, there's a saying, you make a cake box simple. In other words, you assume that they've got a, a modicum of common sense about them they can understand some basic instructions and you don't have to really nail it down to every single finite description of every step um yeah some some systems could be as simple as two or three different steps thus hence the cake box cake box okay uh, so you're not trying to impress someone with the level of detail in your system uh, and your level of knowledge no (laughs) no okay so just keep it simple make it effective all right because um, there's always somebody around to clarify if if it's not that clear. Yeah. Okay. So, but obviously make sure it's easy easy to understand. And the next the next step beyond that, once you've actually uh, made your system up, test it out. So, how would you test it out, Trevor? I'd use it, and, use and it. whoever's using it, I would have you know. I'd actually get somebody else to you to test it. Yeah. All right. Well, if if get... I've written the system, I'd give it to somebody else, so there's no assumption. That I know what yeah. I'm talking about. Yeah, so I'd I'd get one of the team to use it, 
and basically give it obviously feedback's massively important mm-hmm. here. You want you want it to be changed. You, you don't expect that the first time you have got a system it's gonna be perfect. Yeah. Um, and ideally like you're saying, if you've got a new staff member Mm-hmm. Um, or you know, a work experience person, that's or right. yep. or something, um, someone that's is already there and doesn't know the old way. Beautiful, mm-hmm. what a great time to, to be testing systems. That's it. And yeah. even just think about that. Next time you get a staff member, why don't you create a system for that staff member in that key area? A number of times I've actually had a client where they've taken on a new team member and uh, they have had no systems. I say, okay, so there's an ideal what opportunity, what an opportunity to build your systems. Get that new person to write down everything you say, everything that they do, and start compiling that into your system because they're going to be writing it fairly simply Yep. and they're going to need to understand it. And it's part of their induction process yep. is to help write the system. Yep. No, no losers there. That's right. So we've tested it and assuming it's all worked well and everybody's understood it. Clue number nine. Clue number nine. The last step of the process is just to sign off on it, put it into... Uh, a review cycle so that uh, you come back and check that it is still being used and uh, working properly and uh, allow everybody to understand where to find it and um, yeah, yeah. so how, how frequently do you, th- do you recommend reviewing systems depends on how mission critical it is Trevor some some things fairly frequently um, yeah it could be yeah, in the early stages perhaps once a month um, then you might sort of tailor it off to three monthly, six monthly, just to sort of see whether the systems are being followed or not. And I guess you'd probably um, just leave the door open to take feedback on systems at, at any time. So maybe it. if you had a monthly team meeting, like a toolbox meeting yep. or something, you might have a, have something on the agenda there for system improvements. That's right. And you know, so you don't have to wait to the end of the year or the end of the cycle necessarily. Find, find out too late when it's not working. Mm. Or obviously, if something happens, you lose a customer. Um, obviously, go back and find out why. And if if part of that was you didn't maybe the system was there and it was being followed but an important step of the process had been missed out or or the system wasn't being followed then there's more emphasis on hey everyone let's use Mm. the systems every time that's right no no point having systems you're not going to use them exactly i think that's a really good summary so that was the nine clues you know so quickly clive just run through the what each of the nine clues were called quick summary clue one involve your whole team clue two identify the areas to systemize with your organization chart Clue three, identify the processes within each area uh, that you need to systemize. Clue four, identify how well each process is currently working. Uh, Clue five, identify and record the stakeholders for each process up and down the chain. Uh, Clue six, map out the process, video it, flowchart it, write out a checklist, whatever that might be. Clue seven, keep it simple. Clue eight, test it and clue nine, sign it off and set up a review cycle. Okay, so as we said before, those nine clues are in detail on our free report. If you go to sellmybusinessin10weeks.com, over on the right-hand side, you'll see a subscription box. In there, you'll get uh, those nine clues in detail and also get my business valuation report showing you exactly how I do a real-life paid valuation report. Um, And you'll also be notified of when, when new stuff comes out now. Uh, suggest to also go to iTunes where you'll find us as well subscribe there leave a comment would be great you'll also find us on Facebook uh, all the links and everything to all these things are on the website sellmybusiness10weeks.com have I said that URL, URL enough Clive? I think they've got what? the message there Trevor I think <laughs> I'd just like to stress also you know some of the things I've been talking about in, in today's uh, discussion I've mentioned 
loosely some different tools to use. I think what I'd like to do at some stage down the track is um, focus on all the different tools to make life easy in building these systems. Okay, we'll do that in a future podcast. The next podcast will be on business valuation methods. I'm going to run you through the different ways to approach evaluation. You don't need to be in value to understand these things. It's just for everyday people. Uh, and then beyond that, we'll then get into to Clive's tools and a bit more detail on some of the nine clues. Uh, and, you know, who knows what else. You know, this is an open-ended podcast and it's going to keep going as long as we keep getting this great feedback that we've been getting. I think also the listeners, if they wanted to sort of, uh, go onto the website and give us some feedback of what they want to hear about too, I think, you know, we, we certainly help them out there. Yep, best place is send us an email. The details are on the website. Or put a comment on our Facebook page. We answer every email and we respond to every Facebook post that requires a response. Uh, Until next week, goodbye. Adios. Thanks for listening to the Sell My Business in 10 Weeks.com podcast. And just remember, the advice is only generally nature. But if you are serious about selling your business, you should check out the resources page of our website where we've got videos and templates to create an awesome pitch document for your business, which you will need if you're selling. And don't forget to subscribe on our website for advanced notification and bonus materials.